Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is December 20th, and this will be episode number 129 of the Browns Blitz. I am your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff, fresh off of a holiday, as they say in other parts of the world. Right. Jeff, how are things going? <laughs> well, good, Rod. The best part of, of, of being outside of the country for two weeks is, you know, you don't get any news. Um, you don't get much NFL football, and the Browns are incapable of disappointing you. So <laughs> it was a great trip. Uh, then joining us is our friend Peter Jones. Uh, Peter, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, staying up late once again, and thanks for uh, suffering through that Browns game with us. Hi guys. Yeah, it's um, it's what is it? One fifteen or so here. Like you say, the Browns game's just finished, and we're we're all a bit flat. Even I'm flat, Rod. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, guys, this uh, this is our uh, this is our Christmas episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so put on a happy face, guys, because we got we're gonna have to do some. You know, I had a lot of variety acts planned for the show, so we'll be doing some singing, the dancing, and things like that. La, 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 la. Oh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so uh so yeah um this is the holiday show but uh we're, we're coming off a browns game that uh hey guys uh you know there's so much to this there's there's a whole issue of everything that led up to this game and it being moved and all the guys that were out of the game and then there's just the game itself which the first, I don't know, the first half was almost unwatchable. I found myself kind of drifting as I was watching the game. I really had a hard time even watching it because it, it was kind of boring, honestly, until the Browns started moving the ball a little bit better, you know, and kind of making it into a game. And then, of course, then there was the ending. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Browns lose 16-14 and uh, drop to 7-7 seven at seven and um, – you know, season's not looking real good, but, you know, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. So, so uh, I guess we'll just get some takeaways. Peter, Peter, what did, what, what are some takeaways from this game? Um, I, I guess just the game overall. Well, I, I mean, I, I think considering the circumstances, Rod, I thought, I thought, I thought the Browns put up a really, a really good performance, you know, and barring that last Raiders drive and the, and the winning field goal. If that game had finished 14-13, I think that we'd all be sitting here saying that, you know, under the circumstances, what a great performance that was, what a great team performance that was to be able to pull out that game. And it's, you know, it, it, it's got to be, you know, it's gut-wrenching to lose the game in 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 that manner. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, as a as a neutral, in inverted commas, I, th- I think there's some lots of positives to take away from it. If you can take positives away from something as gut-wrenching as that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely some positives. Some guys stepped up, and, I mean, the defense still played. played uh, they played pretty well, you know, um, to, to really to only give up the, the one touchdown to the Raiders. You know, I mean, that, that's a pretty good performance. Out of out of the uh, out of the defense, um, especially with the guys that are out, and you know, and then there's more guys going down throughout the game, and and the offense, you know, I mean, the offense scored 14 points. I mean, that's that's as many or more points than they've scored in a lot of the recent games. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's sad, but but it is, you know. Um, they, they, they scored two touchdowns and, um, you know, it wasn't enough, but, but, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Mullins flashed a little bit, you know, especially on the short stuff. He, you know, I mean, not every throw was great, but I mean, the guy hasn't practiced that much, you know, with, with a lot of these guys. So, um, so you, you don't expect perfection out of them. So, um, Jeff, Jeff, what did you see? What were some of your takeaways? You know, Rod, all I saw was the fourth quarter. Um, and I had, I didn't see last week's game yet. I've got these things recorded. I'll go back and, you know, try to digest what's going on. But, um, mm-hmm. the quick takeaway, I guess, is, you know, we just have to somehow, some way 
in this offseason coming up, figure out how to build a true NFL offense. We just don't have one. And the fact that, you know, we can get an interception late in the game like that, and all we need to do is get one first down to ice the game, and we can't do it. I mean, you can blame play calling, you can blame, blame whatever, but the fact that our offense just can't get that first down that we need to finish a game, um, you know, it just says it all about where this organization is. You know, we came into this year thinking our offense is going to be our strength. A lot of question marks on defense, and the offense has just fallen on its face this year. Um, so, you know, at this point, it's went out to, to try to get a, a playoff spot. Um, and, you know, we've got a game coming up against Peter's Packers, which, you know, is going to be a real challenge. So you got to win out to try to get a playoff spot. Um, but realistically, I think at this point, we got to start thinking about, you know, how do we make this team better next year? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I hate to skip over <laughs> most of the rest of the game, but you have to go to that last series. And that really, that really was the game. Um, you know, the Browns three and out and, you know, I love Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is a fantastic player, but Everybody knows he's going to get the ball three three plays in a row there. So they've got eight, nine, ten guys at the line to stop him. So yeah. the chances of getting a first down in that situation with three straight carries is is not great. So for me, I'm you know this is your season on the line. Why be right. so darn conservative? Okay. Um, these guys were talking about, you know, the way they were going to coach. With, you know, that Stefanski told them to, to just, to just kind of go for it. That they were knew what they were doing. He had confidence in them not to coach like he was looking over their shoulder. They called that, you know, um, I think he called plays on that last series like Stefanski was looking over his shoulder. So, you know, I would have passed on third down, and you know, whatever. I mean, obviously, there's a chance Nick Chubb's going to going to make any run. So. You know, but I before the play was before the play happened, I'm like, man, I would, I, you know, I would pass. I'm gonna pass yeah, her because I, I just every- think I just think the the coaches are in a no win situation there. Um, you know, you you throw the ball and everybody goes just run Nick Chubb. You know, I mean, you're in a no win situation just because this offense is just so bland, so predictable, so easily stopped. Uh, and we've been talking about that all year that you know. We just lack the the versatility, the the flexibility uh, to be able to make other teams um, guess about what's coming. And, and, and I yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. But how many times have the Browns been in this situation where they needed a first down? And what do they do? They go run, run, run every single yeah. time. Everybody knows they're doing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> You have to change it up sometimes, okay? You you can't be that predictable. So, right. I think you got to pass. And honestly, I at that point you're either you're either going to run and what was it third and three? You know, I mean, yep. there's a chance Nick gets that, but it's it's not great because they got nine probably nine guys in the box. You know, it's not even a great mm-hmm. chance that he's going to get back to the line of scrimmage at that point. You know, even with it being Nick Chubb. So, cross right. him up and actually throw the ball. You're probably going to have somebody wide open on that play. Okay. Yeah. And if not, so be it. So you're giving them the ball with, with, uh, you know, two minutes and 15 or 20 seconds versus two minutes. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. You're going to lose either way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. You know, just watching the game, I think you, you have to get, you have to get the first down. And if that means throwing it on third down, I think, I think you have to, because like you say, Rod, whether, you know, even if that pass goes incomplete, well, you know, there's 220 or whatever it is left on the clock. You know, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's not the difference, the difference. difference. Yeah. yeah, it's not the di- it's not the difference between a minute and just 30 seconds left on the clock. That's a, that's a different conversation. But 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 any NFL offense with roughly two minutes left, even with no timeouts, is going to be able to drive into field goal range. So the clock 
pretty much. Except ours. <laughs> but, well, but yeah. the, I, I guess what I should have said. We need I guess, four or five I, minutes. Yeah. I guess what I, what I should have said, <laughs> yeah. any NFL team would have the opportunity within those two minutes to, to, to drive into field goal range. Because in today's NFL, you've only got to get to the 40, even the 35, you know, to kick a 50, 52 yard field goal or whatever. Right. The kick The kickers are generally so good that. Right. You know, you've got an eighty percent chance probably of kicking a fifty-seven yard or whatever yeah, today's This NFL. kick would have been good from another what ten yards out probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean never you know but they, I, they hit it easily. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say but I guess like all games, aren't they? You can look at what happens at the end of the game and clearly that's really important. But there are plays along the way that you that get you there. You know, the the, the drop pass by Peoples Jones in the first quarter, was it? Um, down the sideline, it was about a forty-yard pass. That that was a that, huge play. It was a, hu- yeah. especially at that stage of the game as well. It was a huge, huge play, and I know it was it was a difficult one to hang on to because the defender was right there to knock it away. But that's the kind of play you kind of have to make, you know, particularly yeah. particularly when you've got all of those guys out and Baker's not playing and whatever else. You have to take those opportunities, and and that's not a knock on on people's Jones. It's just one of those things, but those are the kind of plays that you, you kind of have to come up with. Well, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Uh, people's Jones had that drop and he had another drop, which both led, led to punts. Okay. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just, it just stopped the Browns entirely. I mean, it, it helped the lead to them not putting up any points at all in the first half that and, and the missed field goal, you know, near the end of the half. So, yeah. You know, and I tweeted, come on, DPJ, we need your, you know, we need your help in this game. And, you know, in his defense, he had two great catches in the second half. But if he makes those, you know, if he makes either one of those two catches, you know, the first two catches that he dropped, you know, it could be a different ball game. You know, because he he gets the Browns a first down and it gives them a chance to score. Agreed. And, you know, and he he ran a great route on that sideline round, you know, the go route stop and go almost in the in the first quarter down the sideline and and mm-hmm. you know I, and I'm not knocking him at, at, at all that's a really difficult catch to make with the defender right there um but as a team you kind of need to be able to come up with those plays somehow yeah so I mean on, on that particular play it looked like it looked like he had the ball and he was trying to he he was almost trying to run with it before he had it, and then yeah. the defender was there, and he kind of bumped into him, and kind of went out, and what bumped into him, went out of bounds, and dropped the ball at once. Because I I couldn't believe he dropped it when they, because yeah. from the the other side it looked like he completely caught the ball. Next thing you know, it's out of his hands. I'm like, how in the world did he drop that? But I think he was trying to, you know, just trying to make a move afterwards before he completely put the ball away. You know, I mean, it's it's just it, it's the kind of play that you, that you, your team needs to make. Um, I mean, you need guys like that to step up, or you need somebody to step up in a game when you have so many guys injured and out, and so many um, you know guys from the practice squad there on the sidelines waiting to come in and things like this. And then the uh, you know the missed field goal didn't help either. <laughs> At the end of the right, well, that that puts you in a, that put you in that position, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it you know it changed. I mean, it changed the whole complexion of the game, really. I mean, you don't you don't know yeah. what the Raiders would have done, um, you know, with going for their field goals and everything in the second half. They may have, you know, they may have gone a little bit differently on their scoring pattern too if the Browns, you know. Um, that's you know had had a field goal under their belt too. Um, it, it's hard to tell what it would have done to the game. But uh, just a a frustrating game, guys. Um, very frustrating. Frustrating week, I think. You know, just the fact that they couldn't field the team on Saturday. Um, you know, the league made an accommodation, and then they still couldn't get enough guys back. Um, you know, you have the, the depth of this organization that you're really relying on and just to, just to still not be able to execute an offense 
Um, it, it's just been going on for weeks. You know, the, our defense is playing well enough to win us ball games, and we yeah. just don't have we don't have the tools on offense to be able to compete in this league. Uh, that's just that's the way I see it. Um, until we can put together an offense that can score twenty points in a given week, um, we just wow. can't compete with the rest of the league. This is exactly one of those games, Jeff. If the Browns would have scored that one more touchdown, yeah, would have been an easy win, right? You know, right. So um, that's where it goes. What what I wanted to uh, what I wanted to, to uh, bring up was um, you know Nick Mullins and his uh, first start for the Browns, and I guess he he hasn't played for what was that four years or so. He hasn't uh, <laughs> actually played. Jeez, I mean he he. Uh, I thought he looked pretty decent, you know. Um, I'm not ready to to anoint him as the Browns' starting quarterback or anything, you know, like a lot of people might be. But uh, you know, I, I thought he played pretty well. I think what I what I wanted to get your opinion on, Peter, is um, it seems like the Browns and, and other than DPJ, I don't think there was a lot of it in this game. But it seems like the Browns have uh, have an issue with dropping passes and. We may have talked about this before, but the velocity difference between quarterbacks, how, how much do you buy into that? You know, and the way a quarterback throws the ball and how much time a receiver needs with a quarterback to get comfortable with them and to be able to catch their ball the way they throw it. Um, or are these guys or are these receivers professionals and they should be able to just catch a darn football? Uh, uh, my opinion is they're professionals and they should be able to catch the football. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, sure. You know, they, they they work with probably almost exclusively, typically the number one quarterback in in, pra- in practice during the week, and I and, and I get that. But but I think most of that's about a obviously understanding any specific plays that are going in the playbook for that for that week, but also you know timing routes route timing and that kind of thing. But I but I think in for me, you know, a thrown football is a thrown football. And sure, there's different velocities and the spiral might be slightly different, but mm. I, 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 don't, I don't much buy into um, some footballs are typically more, or some passes are typically more or are harder to catch footballs from than others. Yeah, sure, there's different velocity and stuff. But I, as professional players, I kind of don't, don't really buy into that. But that's that's my opinion from somebody that's never been on the end of a, you know. A, 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 yeah, yeah, and I will. I, I mean, I'll uh, I'll go back to I think what Jeff was saying about Baker and Baker. Baker has a tendency to throw the ball too hard on these on these, uh, you know, little eight and ten yard passes. Sure. Sometimes um, you, you need some touch on those. But it seems to me that uh, that Nick and Case kind of have a little more touch on their ball. And Baker kind of throws the ball a little bit harder, but um, you know, I just feel like it, that really shouldn't matter. Um, you know, as long as you know, as long as there's any distance to the pass yeah. where the where the receiver has enough time to to react and you know to to the ball coming to them. Yeah, no, I, I, I sorry, I, I and I agree, and I, and I get the bit about touch, particularly on sh- on short passes. So I yeah, I certainly would go with that, but. Um, sorry, Jeff, I kind of cut across you there. No, that's all right, Peter. Um, I was just going to throw out that when I turned the TV on at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Nick Mullins was um, completing a fairly high percentage of those short passes, but I think he hadn't completed one pass over 10 yards at that point in the game. Yeah, that was clearly their their game plan. I mean, and what are you going to say? I mean, it worked well in that he was completing those passes. It didn't work well in that they didn't score a lot of points. So <laughs> they obviously needed another ingredient in there someplace. Well, that, uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, from an offensive philosophy standpoint, if you're, if you're going to play the ball control game where you limit number of possessions, you play a low scoring game, you have to be able to capitalize on those on, on the limited number of possessions that you give yourself, mm-hmm. right? And and if you're only completing those short passes and you can't punch the ball in at the end with any level of consistency, um, then it's going to come down to a field goal. 
And if the other team is slightly better at executing than you are on that day, it, it turns into a loss. You know, the, the margin mm-hmm. between winning and losing in the NFL is so small that yeah. and you're making it you're making it even smaller yes by playing that type yes. of, a, of a game plan right yeah yep yeah i mean yeah. there there were uh, there was at least one and maybe more um uh third downs in the first half where the browns needed um what seven or eight and they passed for like five um that's you know that's a little frustrating it's like oh great nice catch but it's fourth and two <laughs> you know, I mean, we've we've seen that before. It's not like that's unique to Nick Mullins, but uh, but right. yeah, um, be nice to it'd be nice to pick up the first down in those in those situations. But um, I just think the Browns lack anybody that is going to put some fear into the defensive backfield of the opponent's defense. Um, you know, let, let's be honest about who we're playing on a weekly basis. Um, these guys are not high draft choice, um, high projection type of guys. Uh, we're looking for diamonds in the rough with our receivers for the most part. Um, other than, you know, a couple of, of highly touted tight ends. Um, we don't have anybody that, that puts a lot of fear into the other team's defensive backfield. Um, so getting guys open between, you know, 10 and 15 or 20 yards just doesn't happen very often for us. Right. I mean, uh, DPJ and Njoku were the only guys who were really, you know, going down the field. I, I guess Higgins had what one catch, but I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, like it was more than 10 or 12 yards. Um, you know, I, I don't even remember him throwing to any other wide receivers. He was throwing to Felton, and you know, and, and uh, I don't even know who else he was throwing to. I mean, he was throwing to DPJ a lot, um, what four or five yeah. times. Um, Just knowing how Andrew Barry works, I mean, he's got to be sitting there thinking, um, okay, this off season's project is we've got to rebuild the wide receiver room. Well, he's got to be a little bit frustrated because, you know, um, I mean, just, uh, you know, with, with going in the season with OBJ and Jarvis and having uh, Schwartz, who's been banged up, you know, the speed guy, and then uh, DPJ, who kind of flashed last season, you know, and is supposed to be a potentially big play guy. And then, you know, and he, then he brings in Dimitri Felton, who, who's potentially a big play guy who, I'm not going to get too down on him because he hasn't played a ton, but, you know, he's shown some nice moves here and there, but, um, you know, he hasn't broken big plays all the time either. Um, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of looked like a guy who can do something here and there more than a guy who's going to be like, like, a you know, a huge dangerous weapon for the Browns. Um, you know, and maybe he'll, maybe he'll continue to grow. Um, I, I would think more in the receiver role. But, uh, you know, but we'll see. I, I think you're right, though. I think he's definitely going to uh, keep working on the receiver room. He has to. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think so. And I, and, I, and I agree with what you said, Rod, about, I think, you know, when you're in third and eight or third and seven, you can't consistently throw five-yard passes and expect to pick up those extra two or three yards. That, that will happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can't do it consistently, particularly in the kind of game that Jeff described. You know, the margins between winning and losing are small enough in the NFL as it is. But when you're playing that type of game, those margins become even smaller. And you're going to end up in lots of games that come down to end of game field goals if, you, if you're not careful. If you keep throwing, you've got to be able to convert. You've got to have your receivers that are running 10-yard routes on third and eight. You know, you, you can't always rely on picking up, you know, throwing a five-yard pass and expecting your back or whatever to, to make the first tackle a miss and, 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 and get to the first down marker. That's asking a lot every time. And I know it's safe. And I know it's safe. And I understand the reasons for it. You know, and I thought that, Mull- I thought that Mullins was good. You know, and given the situation, given that he won't have hardly practised um, I thought that Mull- I thought that Mullins did well under the cir- under the circumstances, um, but sometimes you just got to call those. You got to call a ten yard route on third and eight, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I agree. Maybe it's an oversimplification, but shouldn't the offense and the team go into games kind of with a goal in mind of, of scoring 20 points, you know, knowing what this defense <laughs> can do? I mean, seriously. Right. And so, right. okay, we, we got our 14. We're good. Um, let's punt. Defense will probably stop them. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. It, I'm, I'm with you, Jeff. They got to they got to find a way. And I know this is this is probably not the week to complain about it because there, there were guys that weren't playing this week, you know. Um, so you know, there, there's there's well, built-in excuses this week. Right. My computer is still waking up from vacation, but I want to look at what the Browns averaged uh, point-wise last season versus this season. Um, I, I've got to believe that we're we're in the, in the bottom 25% of the league this year in points scored. Am I oh, way we, off on that? Oh, I would I would think you're probably right on because. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're probably dropping lower each each week, right? You right. know, so um, yeah, I mean, they're probably in the in the bottom eight teams. I would be surprised almost if they're not. Last year, we were probably top ten. I, again, I'm just spitballing. I, don't, I can't look at the numbers, but um, yeah. you know, I think we were probably top ten last year in points scored. Um, this year, we're we're bottom five probably in, in points scored. Um, our defense is significantly better this year than it was last year, um, particularly over the last several games, creating takeaways, um, especially takeaways at opportune times. Um, you know, our defense is good enough to win in the NFL. I've been saying that for a while now. Um, our offense just isn't. And until we can figure that out, I don't think we have much of a chance in any game, no matter who the opponent is until we can field a respectable NFL caliber offense. Um, it just, it's going to be tough sled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's definitely true. And uh, especially with this week coming up, um, you know, I, I think there were some, some people were hoping that the NFL would push that game back a day. For the Browns with them playing on Monday, I haven't heard anything about that, so I'm assuming that there's no chance that that's going to happen. So um, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be on Christmas Day, and that's at and that's at in the was it four four thirty, Peter? Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, four thirty Eastern on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's a game well, the Browns. Uh, you know, at the least Browns we'll get to gonna... see one one good quality NFL team in that game. Well, um, <laughs> what was the what was the final score of the Packers game yesterday, Peter? Was it thirty-one to thirty? Yeah, thirty-one to thirty against the um, Ravens with uh, with uh, Lamar out and some DBs yep. out and everything. And I'm not saying this to say that the Browns have a big chance in this game. I'm just saying it was it was a tough game. Um, yeah. a lot yeah, of tough games. Yeah, it was. And it was a game, you know, so the Packers held on at the end of that game. The, the Ravens scored with 40 seconds to go and they went for the two-point conversion rather than the extra point that would have tied the game right. at 30, 31 apiece. And mm-hmm. obviously there's lots of discussion about whether that's the right call or not, but but that's what happened. But it, it was a strange game that the Packers really should have put away. You know, they were up by two touchdowns midway through the fourth quarter of that game. And, yeah. Um, you know, let the Ravens back into it. But but Huntley played a good game at quarterback for the Ravens. Really, really good. Well, he, um, he played well against the Browns, too. He did. And, and and the Packers have struggled for a long time, but particularly in the last few game, last few years, with, with quarterbacks that can move and quarterbacks that will run. Um, so they don't, they don't get good contain on the outside. So quarterbacks like Huntley, like Lamar Jackson... Um, the, the Packers really, really struggled to contain those guys. I mean, even the week before, Justin Fields, so you guys will know well, um, rushed for 70 yards against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't so great throwing, but that was, you know, his inexperience as much as anything um, in the pros. But, but you know, 70 yards rushing is um, something that a, that a defense does not want to give up to a quarterback. 
No. So and, uh, we lack something... that in our in our playbook. <laughs> I was going to say it's probably something you will not see on Saturday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, with uh, with um, with the uh, with the Buccaneers losing, the Packers are currently are they, they're sitting alone with the best record in the NFC, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah, they, they are. So they're huh. yeah, they've got a really good good chance of getting the 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 number one seed now. They play they play Cleveland, um, Minnesota, and Detroit. Um, wow. so it's, so it's a decent run in for the for the for the Packers. So that, so on paper that you know this Saturday's game. Depending on who's back for the Browns, if the Browns were at, were at full strength, that's probably the toughest game left on the Packers' schedule. You know, even mm. though even though the Vikings beat the Packers earlier in the year, 34-31, that was in Minnesota. Um, I think the Packers would expect to beat the Vikes at, at Lambeau. So, so they're yeah, at home home that they probably go to Detroit, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I'm hearing this right, Peter, our our best chance on Saturday is that the Packers sort of like take us lightly and look past us to the, the next couple of games and figure they can just kind of slide into that number one seed. And, you know, yeah. we, we don't, we don't, we don't get much of a fight from them. Maybe <laughs> well, they said yeah. Aaron Rodgers even, who knows? Right. Well, I, I, th- I think that, so, so, so the, the Packers are playing with a really banged up offensive line and it's been banged up all season. So back, back to Yari, all pro left tackle, hasn't played a game all season. He'll be back soon. He's practicing, but I doubt he'll be back for Saturday. Elton Jenkins, pro bowl left guard, is out for the season. Um, starting center, you guys will know Josh Myers from Ohio State. He's not played for uh, nine or ten games now, I think. They're playing a rookie at, at right guard, Royce Newman. And the right tackle is out, Billy Turner. So, so almost across the whole of that offensive line, it's really, you know, it's really beat up, and they've they've held yeah. it together pretty well across the whole season. Obviously, to to have eleven wins, they must have held it pretty well. But that's that's the place that you can exploit, I think. Um, you know, Miles Garrett, particularly, you know, if you if you if you line him up against either of the tackles, um, Josh Nyman will probably play left tackle, and Dennis Kelly, who was a off-season pickup. At right tackle. I mean, that to me is where, if you're going to try and derail the Packers' offense, it's 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 up front there with the with the pass rush. Yeah, uh, and and yeah. that is where and that is where Cleveland has a strength. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is playing pretty well right now. So yeah, and of all the guys they've played who get rid of the ball quickly. This is true. He's, he gets rid of it pretty fast too. <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll we'll see. But um, but yeah, I mean, at least that. Uh, I mean, from a Browns perspective, at least um, of course, Packers have still been running the ball okay though, haven't they? Yeah, and and you know they they, you know they've got a dual threat in the backfield: Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So kind of one's a more of an outside slashy type runner in Jones. And then AJ Dillon's the tough inside guy. Um, and it, and it, and it's a, you know, it's a good dual headed threat. You know, they're, they're rushing for, I, I don't know the exact number, but I would imagine it's 120 yards a game, that kind of number across the season. It's not, it's not 150 a game, but it's enough. It's enough. You know, it's enough to be able to have Rogers run play action. It's enough to be able to keep defenses honest, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, of course, you guys have the all-world wide receiver too, Devontae Adams. Um, I, you know, I watched part of I watched part of the Packers game yesterday, and I had to I had to wonder with uh, some of the dropped passes that some of the other guys weren't hanging on to i don't wonder why 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 rogers was, was throwing to anybody but yeah adams in that game why he doesn't just throw the ball to him every time <laughs> yeah I, yeah it's it's a, I mean, it's a great question he, he, he get he gets accused of focusing in on Devontae adams a little bit too much but you can you can understand why yeah yeah, um, yeah. and that's one of the biggest criticisms of the packers offense is the drop off from 
Adams, you know, all pro receiver to the next the next group of guys who are solid guys, you know, Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling and, and Randall Cobb who's now injured. They're, they're they're solid guys, but there is a huge drop off from after after Adams. Yeah, yeah. So um, so tell us about the Packers uh, the Packers defense and what the Browns are up against there. So the de- the Packers defense actually has been surprisingly good this year, and it, it's 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 solid all round. There's again a lot of in- injuries, so um, Pro Bowl corner who's probably the best player on the Packers defense, Jair Alexander, hasn't played since week three. Zadaria Smith hasn't played since week one. So those are probably the two top players on the, on the Packers defense. But surprisingly, they've been able to slot in a bunch of guys. Um, Devondre Campbell, middle linebacker, who they picked up as a free agent, street free agent in, in the summer has been excellent. And the defensive backfield's been really strong. The safeties are good. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage. And the corners are good. The rookie, Eric Stokes out of Georgia, has been probably as good as you could have expected from a, from a rookie corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rasul Douglas is a guy they picked up off the practice squad from Arizona. has been playing opposite him with Kevin King and Jair Alexander, both injured. Um, so it, it, I, I think the way to exploit the Packers' defense is run is, is you run the ball against them. So they're more susceptible to the run than they are the pass. Um, they're lower ranked against the run. Um, so I think you have to, you, you know, I wouldn't expect to, to be able to come in there and throw for 300 yards against that Packers' defense unless it's garbage time yards. I think the way the way to put them under pressure is to is to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Clark is the, the Packers' nose tackle, um, uh, Pro Bowl nose tackle. He's currently on the COVID list. So whether he'll be back for Saturday or not is a, quest, is a question mark. If he's not, that's a, big, that's a big miss. And I think that's a hole that... I think that suits the Browns' offense as it is today with, with Nick Chubb to be able to, to run the football. So I think... If there's a hope, I think it'd be running the football against the Packers' offense and using the run to set up the pass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know how long it's going to be before we know how many of the Browns guys are going to be back. Um, I I would hope that we'll be getting a lot of these guys back, but um, but yeah, I mean, the timing's kind of funky too. So so we'll see. So who knows? Who knows who you're going to see? Um, <laughs> It, you know. I mean, one, what, what, you know, one thing they can exploit is the Packers special teams have been horrible and they're worse. I mean, we thought they were really horrible last week and they were even worse this week. And that's in every aspect of the, of the special teams. So they've missed seven or eight field goals this season. Every punt or kickoff return by the Packers guys is, a, is an adventure with with fumbles <laughs> and, and, and muffs, Guy, guys running yeah. into it. Run, guys I, running into each other. Twelve. I know. I, I played the Packers defense special teams this week in, in fantasy, and that was a big mistake. But twelve guys on the twelve guys on the field, ten guys on the field. It, it's 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 an adventure lining up offsides on the kickoff. You know, if there's a penalty that that you can think of on special teams, the Packers will will somehow find a way to to incur that penalty. But that that is that that is a. I mean, you know, in all seriousness, this, you know, it's, yeah, it's one third of the game, maybe special teams, but that is an area that where, you know, there are turnovers liable to happen and and it's bad, been bad all season. So the, the formula for the Browns to win would be two Nick Chubb rushing touchdowns and two special teams touchdowns. <laughs> More than likely, and then and maybe one touchdown, and maybe one defensive touchdown off a of fumble, and and we hope to hold Aaron Rodgers under thirty-five points, some somehow. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, and it's it, it it's going to be tough, and 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 of course, you know, like 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 you described, the Packers have got a lot to play for as well. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I think I think. You know, most Packers fans would tell you that their one area of real concern is the, is the special teams area. 
you know, and it and it's not just five yards here, five yards there. It is the propensity to fumble and do some very odd things, muff punts and um, and give up big returns as well. Um, they gave up a big return to Chicago last week, and and it's one of those special yeah. teams areas where you, you kind of see, you know, the opposition kicking the ball out of the end zone so that you're starting on the 25 and yet every kickoff return against the Packers seems to come out to the 40 or 45. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, well, Browns, but, the offense could use some help like that. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the Browns um, have not had a lot of big returns. Um, not many at all. So, not that I can recall. Um, so, well, there's always, so a time to, there's always a time to kickstart that. Well, um, <laughs> you know, this would be, yeah. Yeah, they they could definitely use some kind of an advantage in this game, definitely. So, so Jeff, uh, what kind of thoughts do you have on this game? Well, I, I guess if I'm looking for something to be optimistic about, um, when you have 24 guys test positive in a week, um, and a whole bunch of them have already missed games due to COVID, there aren't a whole lot of guys left who can test positive next week. So I think the odds are that we're going to be able to get pretty close to full strength by Saturday. Um, The way I understand it, very few of these guys are showing symptoms or or very few symptoms. So Mm -hmm. hopefully by Saturday, we're going to be able to get the bulk of our roster back. and, And there aren't a whole bunch more guys who will go on the list. So um, full strength, healthy, we, you know, we may have a shot of at least not embarrassing ourselves. So <laughs> if, if that's something. Maybe a shot of hanging around to. for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, hang if you hang around long yeah. enough, you never know. Right. You never but, know. So, right. and I th- yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's the thing. I think the, the keys from a Browns perspective, perspective for me would be double cover Devontae Adams don't don't let him beat you right force the other guys to beat you run the football and hopefully get a turnover or two on on special teams I think that's the formula to 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 beat the Packers I'm not I'm not saying even if you got all those things that you would beat the Packers you may do but that that to me would be the formula yeah. for any team yeah. for any yeah. team pl- playing the Packers and try to hold the offense to to field goals occasionally that 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 always that always helps. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the the weather forecast is decent as I understand it right now. Twenty twenty seven degrees, but very little wind, and no snow forecast till Sunday. So pretty decent. Mm. Cold, but pretty decent. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for a bunch of snow that might favor might uh, you know equalize things for the Browns sure. a little bit. Even though the Packers are probably better at home in the snow, but. Um, but yeah, snow would have, I probably would have rather seen snow. What do you think, Jeff? Snow? (laughs) (laughs) It's more fun to watch. So more fun to watch. Yeah. Anything that can make this game fun to watch, I'm in favor of. Yeah. (laughs) Well, any, every, any given Sunday or Saturday in this case, you just, right. Right. You never know how games, you know, and and so often games, the way games start, you know, could set the whole tone for the game. So you never know how that's going to going to play out. But going back again to the beginning of the season when we, you know, did the win-loss game where we tried to come up with how many games we had a chance in on our schedule, um, you know, this was one of those games that we just sort of chalked up as a, as a loss before we played our first game this year. Um, and just based on what the Browns have done recently, um, I'm, you know, I'm not feeling any, any more <laughs> or any less confident that they're going to lose horribly <laughs> on Saturday. No, because the offense just hasn't been putting up enough points to compete with a team like the Packers. And, you know, no. and the reality is no matter how well the Browns defense plays, they're, they're going to have a, a, a hard time keeping the Packers under, you know, what the, 24 28 points if, if they held the packers to to 24 it'd be it'd be an outstanding game i think there'd be a great performance by our defense um the problem is again i, I hate to be a broken record but 
I think the Bears and the Seahawks are the only two teams in the league that have a worse offense than we do right now. Yeah. The Seahawks, which is crazy. Yeah, I can't believe that they have a bad offense. Yeah, it's mm. messed up. Pete Carroll so- suddenly became stupid. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> After a Hall of Fame career, he's suddenly an idiot. <laughs> Guys, I got to I got to do a, a quick shout out here to on uh, on on FanDuel. I do my uh, I do my my office um, fantasy league through FanDuel, and we just pick teams each week, and whoever scores the highest. Well, it's been a horrible year for me, and I actually won this week. I won this week by playing three Packers, by the way. Um, so, so that's how I won. I, you know what? I, I put zero thought into it this week. I picked my lineup in five minutes rather than thinking about who's who's trending which way and all this. I took five minutes. I picked out guys I liked, and I won. But they had a free play, which if you play weekly, they give you these free plays. And you just, so I entered the same lineup in this free play. And... <laughs> I came in 810th place out of 23,196. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah. I won 10 cents. <laughs> <laughs> That's the free play. They give us $250 divided by the first thousand people that they're the top thousand people or something. So I won 10 cents. Wow. My, my, advice, my advice to you, Rob, is don't spend all of that at once. The 10 cents? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I won like nine dollars in the fantasy league, so so that's a good part. So. Anyway, so um, guys, I, I think we've uh, I think we've uh, kind of beaten the Browns to death here, and and um, you know, I just uh, I I don't know about this Browns Packers game. I'm hoping it's a little more competitive than than um, than what Jeff and I think it may turn out to be. Um, we'll see what the Browns what players are there and if the offense can can muster a showing, you know, um, to make it that way. But let's uh, let's throw out some predictions. So um, who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. go first. Yeah. 41-9 Packers. Uh, Peter, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I don't have a score yet, so. No, not fair. Uh, <sighs> I think the Packers win. I, but I would, I would, I would say that as a Packers fan, I. Thirty-one. Fourteen. Yeah, it's, um, that's a pretty good score, Peter. <laughs> I think, um, I, yeah, I, I, um, I'm gonna go. I think, um, I think the Browns will keep it a little closer than people think, but I, I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna go. Um, Packers 27-16, but I don't think it'll really be as close as that sounds. Browns will probably score late, you know, maybe a late touchdown or something. But I think I think the Browns' defense, kind of like Peter's given, showing him a tad bit of respect and holding, holding Packers to 31. I'm kind of looking that way, like the uh, Browns' defense may do a little something in this game, but I just I, don't I, think I believe the, in our defense. I believe in our defense, Rod. The problem I see is – our offense has to be able to get our defense off the field once in a while. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, yeah, and you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I like Peter's score better than mine. I just didn't want to duplicate it, so I just changed it a little bit. <laughs> so if I was you know what, Rod? Score, this is your show. You need to start going yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have a score in mind. I was still thinking about it. So I'm like, I'll let you guys go, and then, uh, you know, that's fine. That's fine. So, um, anyways, <laughs> it, 
if if the Browns hold if the Browns defense holds the Packers to under 30, I, I'll be pretty impressed. You know, be, and part of that is because of what you're saying, Jeff, because if the offense isn't doing anything and they're going three and out or, you know, or, or five plays and out and and the defense is out there constantly against the Packers offense, man, that that defense is going to be worn out by halftime. Yeah. And it, it's going to be a long, long afternoon for them. Yep. So, um, so we'll see. Hopefully, the Browns' offense offense can show up a little bit and you know make it make it a contest for at least a good portion of the game. And um, you know, if if something something strange happens on special teams or the Browns get some kind of turnover or score defensively, you never know. I mean, anybody can still beat anybody in the NFL, but um, this is definitely going to be a tough one. So, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Closing words, guys. Uh, Peter, we'll let you go first as the guest. Thank you. Well, just say thanks again, guys, for, for having me on. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and 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 again, I think that I think all Browns fans can be proud of the way their team played tonight, given the circumstances. Oh, sure, I know. Like I said right at the beginning, it's gut wrenching to lose that way. But the but the way that they played under the circumstances, I thought was. I think it showed a, a team, a solid, a team that's together, even under that level of, of adversity. So I, I think I think they put up a performance to be proud of. Yeah, yeah, I think I can buy into that at least a bit. So, so, <laughs> Jeff, closing words. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with Peter. I mean, it's it's good to see the foundation of a team that has some cohesiveness. Um, you know, it's something to build on going forward. Um, you know, it, a couple of years ago, if, if, if we had an outside shot at winning, you know, nine or 10 games at, at this point in the season, I think we'd all be pretty thrilled. You know, it's just that our expectations were set quite a bit higher than that coming into this year. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think what happens now is, is, you know, this, this Packers game is, is likely to be a route. Um, I think the, the game with Pittsburgh is going to be an absolute slog in the mud. And then we're going to be playing. Yeah. We're, then, then we're yeah. going to be playing uh, Cincinnati to, to try to be above 500. But, um, you know, if it turns out that, that we're, we're playing for our ninth win in week 17, um, given all of the crap, that, that this team has gone through this year. Um, I still think you have to feel pretty good about where we are going into next year. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's been a very strange NFL season and that's, you know, that goes for the Browns, but it, it goes for a lot of other teams in the league too. So sometimes you have to look, look around you and not just, you know, at what's happening to your team alone. So um, right. it is really yeah. sad though. Do you think about the missed opportunity though? Because, the yeah. AFC is so wide open this year that if the Browns had just been able to do a couple yep. more things right along the way, um, we could really have been in the thick of it. A couple wins, a couple kicks, a couple first downs, and yeah, seriously. Yep. yep. Well, I want to wish you guys and and all of our listeners a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and I hope everybody has a good one because uh, we're going to be uh, – past that by the time we reconvene so um everybody enjoy that time with your families and and uh just this time of year so um everybody take care Uh, this has been the browns blitz and we will catch you next time 